This is the Art of Darkness podcast with Kevin Kautzman and Brad Kelly. We're a couple of very online writers interested in the dark side of what drives creative people to create against all odds. This show is about art and the people who make it, what it costs them, and what it takes to bring something unique and impactful into the world. Each episode, we excavate the life and work of an artist you might think you know. Don't worry, they're all safely dead. On every episode, we try and find out just what the hell was wrong with them and how they worked through their darkness to create something that lives on after them and continues to move culture. Find us online at artofdarkpod.com and on Twitter at artofdarkpod. All right, we've got some sponsors for the pod now. Wait, what? Every link you need for the things we talk about here is at artofdarkpod.com slash sponsors. First up, books. If you're into this podcast, Odds are you're probably a reader. We've got links to buy new books from bookshop.org and used books from alibris.com. And if you want to listen to your books, we recommend and use audible.com. It's great and the catalog is huge. All right. So if you're listening to this, you are online. Maybe you're very online. You probably have a website or are thinking of starting one. Maybe you want a website like artofdarkpod.com. We built that with WordPress, which is by far the most popular way to create websites. And the single best host for serious WordPress is WP Engine. I've personally used them for over a decade now, and I don't host my websites anywhere else. Go to artofdarkpod.com slash sponsors and click on the WP Engine link to learn more. Finally, the best way to support the show is at patreon.com slash artofdarkpod. Get the bonus After Dark content for every episode, access to the book club, and more. Thanks for supporting Art of Darkness. And I, I don't think that was too painful. I think no, we did a pretty good job good. there. Yeah. Yeah, that sounded good. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. We're back with another Art of Darkness, uh, the podcast about the dark side of creativity. I am Brad Kelly. This is my co-host, Kevin Kautzman. Kevin, how are you doing, man? I'm not even sure if I am Kevin Kautzman. <laughs> there may be multiples of me. They may be existing in different dimensions. They might be existing in one. I don't know. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. If, you could just, if you could just distill here. yourself down into here. one temporarily, that would be ideal, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. For maybe like about 90 minutes. And then yeah. I can. Okay, yeah. good. Then yeah. you can disperse into multiple parts and pieces for sure. I will say, Art of Darkness is an OGU. It is a one god universe, <laughs> and I'm going to let you guess who's who that is. I'm not going to say which. <laughs> oh boy! Our... Could it be the fellow who edits the podcast? Oh, oh wait. we'll have to get into it. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So as you know from either that or from clicking on this episode, we are doing a dark room today about William S. Burroughs. William S. Burroughs is the subject of our very, very, very first Art of Dark episode. It's been the subject of a couple dark rooms. And for people who are familiar with Burroughs, you know the rabbit hole is almost bottomless. For people who are a little less familiar, I think you'll see if you you stack up all of the Art of Darkness conversations we've had so far, including today's, I think you'll see that it's almost entirely different ground that we're covering every time. So, um, you know, the last episode we did with the great Tommy P. Cowan was all about um, archontic magical practices and things. We might dip into that a little bit here, but I think we're going to have a bunch of other different stuff to talk about. Um, and as you know, if you're listening... Uh, as a dark room, we have a special guest with us. Um, this one I'm I'm really excited to talk. Uh, a person I'm really excited to talk to. This is Matt Pegas from the Great New Right Podcast. I want to yes. talk about the New Right Podcast a little bit, but sure. not just not just the the co-host of the Great New Right with uh, our friend uh, Dan Baltic, um, but also the author of uh, of a novel, Dragon Day, that's out right. there in the world uh, on Terror House. Um, and uh, the man behind a substack with some very interesting articles on it, uh, Matt Pegas, P-E-G-A-S dot substack dot com. Um, I know he's got some other stuff going on. We're going to get yeah. to get to it. Matt, thank you for doing this. It's a oh, real thank pleasure you for having you. me on. Um, obviously, I've podcasted with both of you quite a few times, mm -hmm. Kevin. I think we've had you on New Right twice grad once we've mm -hmm. we've known each other online for a couple of years now. But this is my debut actually coming on Art of Dark pod which is exciting to me um 
You guys do a fantastic podcast. I just finished your six-hour omnibus episode on Aleister Crowley, which I thought was amazing. Um, yeah. We'll probably talk about it in relation to Burroughs later on, but just wanted to highlight that, Crowley you know, um, I'm excited to be on because uh, you guys yeah. do a great pod. Well, thanks, man. We're excited to have you on. And, you know, it's interesting, Art of Darkness and, and New Right. Uh, there's there's some overlap in, in things we do. There's certainly overlap in audience, I know. And like you said, we've been on we've been on your show. Dan has been on our uh, our show. Your right. co-host. Now you're now you're on. Um, but also there's also a couple of other things. I think we started around the same time. We did. Yeah, yeah February ish to uh, 2021. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ish. Um. We started yeah. around like August 2021. But by the time, oh, really? okay. right when we were sort of right when Dan and I were formulating the idea for New Right was uh, around the time you guys were putting some of your first episodes out. So okay. you guys uh, have a few months on us, but nevertheless, yeah, um, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely similar timeline. Yeah. And there was a a week where we were both charting next to one another on the arts books apple podcast charts uh there was some something mm-hmm. in in cyprus and there yeah, was something in that, Gre- yeah. greek and i think we were number two and y'all were number three and <laughs> then it was and then it was fresh air and then it was fresh air and, yeah i i didn't know what that was all about that was uh pretty striking though <laughs> i guess we're well it's in cyprus yeah and yeah. since then npr has laid off 10% of its workers. Oh, yeah. There's no such so, thing as a coincidence. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, all that all that Cyprus yeah. money. And shout out to our fans in Cyprus. We really appreciate it. I just have Absolutely. to say, however, uh, Matt, that if you ever flip us in Cyprus, <laughs> it's going to be war. It's going to be war. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to have a, a, yeah, we're going to have a, it might be like a magical war, uh, a bros slash Mm. like we're going to talk about in the after dark. We're going to talk about the Lemurian time war, a piece of theory fiction with a question mark Mm -hmm. about William S. Burroughs that was, that was written most likely by Nick Land. You might know Nick Land out there. Yeah. Um, And how do people get the after dark, Brad? Patreon.com slash art of dark pod five dollars a month gets you access to the after dark episodes 20 to 30 minutes of extra material for every episode we, re- we release it also gets you um exclusive access to bookends the reading club where every month or two this year and hopefully in the future we are going to have a private uh zoom hangout for paid subscribers we're going to read a book we're going to talk about the book um, and if you can't make the actual meeting as a Patreon subscriber, the recording is going to be available to you this month coming up or actually next month in March, we're going to be reading Dan Baltic's Nutcranker. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yep. So, and we may have to, we might have to do Dragon Day at one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to come on. Mm-hmm. We, this, this podcast believes in equity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really do. We but do? uh yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. We're all we're all we do. Wait, what? We're all uh nut buddies here. And uh but if you if you really want to get in and support the pod, we put in the work. This is not a vibe pod, this is not people hanging out, uh talking about what they did over the weekend. We put a lot of prep into this. I know uh Matthew has brought some some real preparation to this. We put thought in, we get great guests, Brad's lined up uh the the translator of a new Ernst Junge. Uh, translation of On the Marble Cliffs that's coming up. Uh, what's her name? It's Tess. Tess, Tess Lewis. Also, the the woman mm. who wrote the forward, Jesse Stevens, is coming on as well. So that's going to be mm. big. Um, yeah, we've got. I don't know if we even want to announce any of the other upcoming. We've uh, got some exciting stuff friends. coming up. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash Art of Dark Pod. All right, mm. I can't wait to get into more Burroughs. This is going to be yeah, fun. yeah. So, um, well, first, let me be, maybe before we do that, for people who listen to our show but maybe don't listen to New Right, Matt. Tell us a little bit about New Right and what you've got going on, sort of maybe recent episodes or upcoming episodes. Yeah, definitely. So um, New Right podcast, that's N-E-W-W-R-I-T-E, started by Dan Baltic and myself in 2021, um, basically focusing on literature coming out of the dissident sphere. Um, Obviously, we call ourselves New Right. It's not exclusively a right wing thing or anything. It's really just any anyone who's who's putting out literature in this space we want to cover. Um, and also we talk about, you know, as you guys do, we talk about a lot of, uh, you know, older artists. Uh, by older, I mean um, not, you know, not necessarily coming out of Twitter, but, but writers like Burroughs and others and, and films. And we just talk about art 
Um, yeah, we, we're going on, uh, well, I guess only about one and a half years. It feels like we've been going much longer. Um, but, but yeah, Dan and I have been, have been keeping up with this. More recently, we did an episode with, uh, Max Thrax, uh, who writes for Apocalypse Confidential. I'm not sure if you guys have done like an episode with him, but we're definitely in the same. Yeah. Orbit, no, I, um, he, yeah. And I, I listened yeah. to that episode. It's great. I'm Thank really you. wanting to, to, to read his book, God is a Killer now. Yeah. So. His book, yeah. God is a Killer, which is a kind of like a noir crime fiction. Again, we, we cover, um, a pretty, pretty wide range of different, of different, of different literature. Um, this isn't much of like a spoiler type announcement, although I don't think we've put it online tomorrow, actually. Um, so Sunday, February 26th, we're recording episode with uh, the artist formerly known as Blauergeist, who has been on Art of Dark. Yeah. Uh, now Jacob Everett, uh, and we're going to be talking about more more about Apocalypse Confidential and and, uh, and other topics and literary and otherwise. And very, um, yeah, very just cool. in general, um, you know, uh, we haven't been as uh, active this year. Uh, I think we've both been a little busier, but um, I think March is going to we're going to kind of hit the ground running again. Um, hopefully, getting episodes out. If not weekly, then bi-weekly is what we always aim for. So excellent, excellent. Yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. And yeah, Jacob Everett, Flower Guys. That I'm sure that will be a fun episode. Definitely, no doubt. yeah, yeah. Smart yeah. guy, hilarious guy. So very cool. Well, okay. So let's talk about let's talk about a little bit of Burroughs. Um, maybe just a little uh, kind of background. Um, Matt and I got to talking on Twitter. Um. And we're sort of like trying to find a way to get you on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And, and, and the conceit of our, our show is, well, we got to talk about somebody we talked about. We got we, 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 we have a format. We love our format. Um, and we kind of came around to Burroughs and part of our conversation we had was you had recently at that time anyway, yeah. read a book by Burroughs that I was I don't even know if I'd even heard of it, actually. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about that. Getting a ton. Uh, it's, it's, it should be getting more recognition, perhaps. It's a book called um, The Revised Boy Scout Manual and An Electronic Revolution um, that was released by Ohio State University in 2018. So our see it's kind of um, almost approached with a degree of academic serious, seriousness being being published by OSU. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's nonfiction. Um, some People say that it seems satirical, and perhaps it is. I also think perhaps it's not satirical at all, and that Burroughs was quite sincere in um, in in the, in the desires and visions he laid out in the book. Um, it's basically uh, uh, a um, a series of different. It's an essay uh, on different ways uh, which Burroughs is uh, just Burroughs laying out different psychic weapons, many of them related to his famous cut-up technique that could be used to destabilize society and overthrow the government. Um, so you can see why uh, many would, <laughs> you know, hope perhaps that it was satirical. But uh, again, I think uh, there's... Let's go! <laughs> uh, YouTube.com yeah. slash at Art of Dark Pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> certainly a degree uh, of seriousness uh, to what he was laying out. Um, is considered a bit of a missing... Uh, essay or a missing book within Burroughs' uh, broader, um, you know, pub a series of publications. Uh, it was essentially recreated um, from a series of tapes, many of which had been from the uh, collection of the late Genesis Peorage of Throbbing Gristle, uh, as well as um, certain bits of it had been published in a magazine called Research. Uh, this is a San Francisco-based kind of post-punk zine, more famous for post uh, for, for publishing the original industrial culture handbooks. Um, so it's kind of got these different countercultural pieces and, and um, aspects of its history, a lot of them related to the origins of industrial music, which we can talk about, but it was kind of pieced together later on in the sense that it, is that it was meant to be or was it as originally written um, some kind of cohesive essay that, that Burroughs had written in, in and around uh, 1970. It's placed as a sort of missing piece between um, this book-length interview he did called The Job, which I think we're also going to talk yeah. a little bit about today, and, and another essay called The Electronic Revolution uh, from 1972, which I have not read. Um, but my understanding um, is that it's on, on pretty similar themes to the revised Boy Scout manual. But um, just to touch a little bit more on uh, on content before throwing it back to you. Uh, yeah, revised Boy Scout manual, basically a sort of instruction, uh, speculative instruction book on how society might be destabilized um, through, uh, again, psychic weapons related to uh, Burroughs' cut-up technique, his general take on chaos magic, um, 
and his take on hij uh, hijacking mass media, um, a lot of elements of Burroughs's view, uh, views of uh, uh, views on language as a sort of virus um, are here spelled out very explicitly how language might be, again, cut up technique, how language might be spliced, juxtaposed, um, languages and images both might be scrambled in, in ways so as to create chaos, so as to deprogram a population. Um, it's all laid out here um, in, wow. obviously it's not, we're not, and I wanted to talk about this too, we're not in the realm of hard science here, obviously it's very right. speculative, but it burrows, you know, really does. You can tell he's really <laughs> thinking hard about how, how these techniques, as he always, always serious about his, you know, sort of chaos magic practices um you know how, how these techniques might really really be used um i mean if these if this stuff did work a hundred percent like some of it does work to some extent right right yeah but like if it definitely worked they wouldn't let you have this book that's this is a good point it wouldn't be published by osu it wouldn't be available you know it's like it's like an you know, anarchist cookbook for yeah, like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it is, it, it, it's called the revised Boy Scout, man. You can see that intent is kind of for it to be sort of like a, an anarchist cookbook, a genuinely dangerous book. Um, I think we are kind of in the realm of occult studies here, which maybe, um, makes it a little safer, uh, mm -hmm. in terms of not working as obviously and straightforwardly as how to say build a bomb. Right. Um, but there is, again, that intentionality is there. And I think the last um, important point I, I want to make is, and I think this probably ties directly into why it was published, when it was published, 2018, uh, and the way that it was presented, um, is that there's a sense that this really prefigures a lot of, uh, or, or anticipates, it was very prescient on the map, such matters as meme magic and using social media to uh, just subversive end to undermine the establishment and you know, the whole concept of fake news uh fake news is is, is talked about a lot in in revised boy scout manual as a, as a means of, of sowing chaos um i think there's this sense um everyone kind of it's 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 not exactly a, a hot take to say that that burroughs was prescient in in much of his take on on mass media and um subverting the mass media but um but i think maybe more explicitly than anywhere else this book really it's almost eerie how much um it sort of is prescient with regard to uh kind of 2015 through 2017 sense of uh how how, how you know aspects of internet culture uh influenced uh, mainstream events yeah and i think you can see like you can see like a version of this isn't what he's talking about doing but you know uh, he, he does talk about things like okay you can play recordings of chaos in a cafe and it yeah. will take the cafe down eventually right you're mm -hmm. you're somehow and, and he will talk about how if you were to play subliminal messages underneath a politician speaking you could ruin their career and things and you know he's talking about in this sort of magical sense but when we get to today where we're at right now you could potentially release a very effective deep fake and ruin someone's life right yeah, yeah absolutely exactly and that's not magical necessarily, but it is manipulating the perceptions of people in a, in a, a sort of an indirect way, right? Yeah. Hypothetically, you could conflate the numbers for the flu with a new <laughs> disease <laughs> mm -hmm. and shut down the world for two or three years. Hypothetically, Hypothetically yes. you could Hypothetically. do that right. using hard science right right and right. uh mm -hmm. meme magic that, and right. so absolutely no that's a fantastic yeah. point yeah so so burroughs <laughs> is, burroughs is sort of like you know this stuff is getting these kinds of things can and um, sometimes are levied against us as just normal people but i think he's he's talking about using it potentially in like a guerrilla warfare <laughs> revolutionary yeah sense, and, and a right? grassroots us versus them yeah sense and uh you know to, to to give some credit to Burroughs that he saw the potential in this. Obviously, again, he's not dealing in hard science and revised Boy Scout mm -hmm. manual, but for someone who whose exposure to the media was just through television and radio in the context of the 60s and 70s, he saw um, how these medium could be hijacked, uh, to, you know, toward these ends. He was imaginative enough to see around the curve, so to speak, because as you said, nowadays, a lot of the general type of stuff he's talking about, uh, we take for granted that, you know, a deep fake could be made that, right. um, that, you know, messaging can be undermined with memes, this kind of thing. This was all this was not something that was really happening yeah. in the 60s or 70s, but Burroughs saw the potential in the image. Right. Um, so it's not science he's doing, but it's some it corresponded obviously to some reality because some of it has become, you know, manifest.
Yeah, no, that's you call that's it really like well media theory. I mean, yeah, you can put him yeah. on the shelf next to uh, McLuhan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be like he's like a, he's like some kind of a, a violent thug in McLuhan's media <laughs> media mm. army or something, right? Um, yeah, that's really interesting. You know, you talk about this like saying like we're maybe the three of us or people that are spending as much time online or whatever um, are somewhat resilient against say a deep fake or mm-hmm. statistics being leveraged somewhat right resilient right. i'm telling you if you take a deep fake audio bit of joe biden saying something crazy and you play it to somebody who was born in the 50s they they don't have they any don't know. of those yeah. defense mechanisms <laughs> that yeah. we've got right um so that can really play on for for certain people so that's another flip side to this stuff to me sometimes with bros is like whether or not his sort of suggestions for magical practices work, whether his his warfare on control by cutting up his text actually means something in a metaphysical sense, I don't really know. But it forces me to think about, like when he talks about doing the cut up, it forces me to think about like, okay, there's something about that that seems wrong to me, that he's fighting spiritual warfare by cutting up his texts. But why is that wrong, right? And it forces me to really break down, well, what do I actually think language is? What do I think actually does yeah. happen when you cut this stuff up? Because it isn't, you know, words are important. Words mean a lot to me. So, yeah, what does happen when you start to cut these up? And what is the effect on consciousness, right? So yeah, there's like a way that that somehow he's doing, He's he is performing some kind of magic on me as a reader um, if he isn't, you know, fighting. Right. yeah. <laughs> I think he, yeah point, no my but, go on go on I was just gonna say I mean I think at one point um I, people have asked me before like well what was he trying to do and the thing I always say is he was trying to punch a hole in the big lie and right. by doing that so for him everything was an attempt to control him and so mm-hmm. I think why he was sometimes I think what people might say vulnerable to crazy ideas, why he was vulnerable to something like Scientology or or um, or any of the any ideas um, wrong or not. You have to start from the precept that he realized everything was a lie. And so when everything is a lie, you got to start trying to find the truth. And it's it's very difficult because you don't have the foothold that everybody else thinks that they have. Right. Because to you, it's yeah. open season. Anything could be true. Um, mm-hmm. And that's sort of the danger. That's the danger when you admit that the media is completely lying to you. Right. Or whatever forms of social control. Right. Now it's you don't have less, anything to base well, it on. your standard. Yeah. Right. And so that's always been, that's always been kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think about like I will tell friends or or people like. Uh, uh, you know, the news is just lying to you all the time. And they'll sort of nod and agree. And then if an individual news story comes up, and you're like, yeah, that's a lie. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a lie. But you agreed with me that they, yeah, all they yeah. do is lie to you. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lie. No, it's not. That's That's what's actually happening, right? And they can't, a lot of people struggle to actually put that in place in an individual basis. And I think part of the reason why is because mm-hmm. you can end up like Bur- William S. Burroughs, right? You can end up way Yeah, the no, no, no. Head. He was definitely, yeah, it's impossible to miss that he was a deeply, deeply paranoid individual, um, which again, I think it makes sense uh, being, you know, uh, a gay gay man born in 1914, uh, later being a drug addict. There's all these kind of sociopolitical reasons for paranoia, but it's also a very deeply spiritual sense on the part of Burroughs, uh, believing that there's kind of forces or even demons um in the universe uh countering him you know trying to take control of him uh, as you talked about in the core episode on burrows your debut um you know the the infamous incident where he shot his wife in the head in mexico he you know i i guess i it was either he blamed it on um you know the 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 the, the acting of a spirit. demon. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, an ugly spirit i don't remember if it was he blamed it on an ugly spirit acting upon him or if he believed the event like ever since the event an ugly spread had been ushered in or both yeah either way this is the the kind of mentality he had um this relates to what you were saying brad in that right like once you start you know you can be born into um you know into a society where you sort of just generally trust 
um what what you were told the uh you know the the culture and tradition and 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 news uh that you are presented with um but once you start questioning that yeah there really isn't a bottom to the rabbit hole as many of us online have found and mm -hmm. as we are often warned uh you know we're warned about going down the rabbit hole because right. uh you know then all of a sudden you become kanye or something and, and right. there's no there's no end to it um, yeah, yeah, I, and and that's not to me. That's not necessarily, you know, my experience hasn't been that you don't do it, but like there is, yeah, there is some risk, right? That like at some point you get you get too far out and you can't see land anymore. Um, right. This is what the it touch were... grass thing is about, right? Mm. Just go outside for a minute. Just go yeah. outside for a minute. Chill out. <laughs> there you are know? a few artists who uh, are able to dispel. Um, or not dispel, that's the wrong word, dispense, uh, give you a quick hot shot of paranoia uh, like Burroughs. Whether you listen right. to some of his late recordings or if you dip into some of his writing. Mm -hmm. And it is it is the American style. Mm -hmm. America is the land of the paranoid, writ large. Right. And if you're not paranoid, you are a <laughs> fool, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, if as an American, if you've never never felt a grade of paranoia similar to Burroughs in a way that speaks to you, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're new to the country, <laughs> maybe you're coddled. I don't know, yeah. but I certainly pick up on what Burroughs is laying down, and really quickly. Like last night, I started imbibing some of his content, right? I started mm -hmm. listening to some of the music uh, and I was looking at this Lemurian time war business, which we're going to talk mm -hmm. about on the, uh, the after dark patreon.com slash art of dark pod. And then I started doing what I normally do on Twitter. And I very quickly found my entire perception of my experience on Twitter being altered. I couldn't enjoy it the way that I might normally in this dumb sleepy mm -hmm. way, <laughs> because I'm thinking, Oh God, this is war. This is a kind of uh, epic yeah. metagame of sorcery uh, that we're all participating in. And uh, though there's an ad for something and, oh, there's something from Disney. Why, why am I feeding my brain this? Okay. And on and on. And Burroughs gives you that, like I said, that hot shot. He has yeah. those, he has his own brand of they live glasses that yeah. uh, work very quickly. Yeah. Right. And he yeah. saw it. And again, it's remarkable that he saw it coming decades before it was necessarily a reality. You know, he saw just in radio and television um, how language and image and the juxtaposition of language and image and sound, um, how all of these things were were used to control and, and the potential of them, you know, to be used to control even further. Um, he saw this before it was totally reality. You know, what is you know, we all live online now and we're essentially living within language and living within the image um burroughs was there you know kind of presciently uh you know before before he he lived almost it's, it's almost as if he lived in this paranoid world of uh of, of info <laughs> uh, yeah. to, you know, alex jones site here almost <laughs> like he, he lived in like the info war before we all did right he was yeah he was in the opening yeah. he was in the opening battles skirmishes of the info war so nobody else even knew what was going on yeah <laughs> right and I, I would definitely pinpoint this as as one of the things that makes his work so valuable to us i think it's also one of the things that again um, you you titled your core episode on Burroughs liberalism with a gun, which is a mm -hmm. very good description um, of, of what Burroughs was all about. He was was very liberal. A lot of his work is kind of situated, especially in revised, revised Boy Scout manual. There's even a quote like, you know, uh, I don't I wish I had the quote in front of me, but it's something about the the Bible belt and like how you have to, you know, get rid of the Bible belt first or something. He's, he's yeah. kind of very anti um, definitely anti-Christianity, definitely anti sort of just um, the core conservative populace of the United States was who he very much saw as the enemy. So it's somewhat ironic that um, that he is somewhat now um, not fully adopted as like a in terms of ideology, but but appreciated and studied by people in the sort of dissident right sphere. Hmm. Um, that's it's ironic given his own politics, but also I think it makes sense because outside of the ideology. He was um, just dealing with the nature of the way uh, media and information uh, is used and, and works. Um, and also just the, even that more general paranoid sensibility. I mean, I know you guys ask the question oftentimes, you know, what would this person 
be doing now if they were alive. Um, I think that there's good reason to think, you know, Burroughs' progressive political commitments aside, that he would recognize that we're actually in a very different paradigm. That, um, as you sort of coyly remarked upon earlier, Kevin, that there's sort of other other force. I mean, if you talk about a guy who's paranoid, it's, it kind of seems like at core, his main concern was um, throwing control, you know, eschewing control, um, re- reacting against control um, to be independent and free. And I think that if you were alive today, I don't, I'm not saying he wouldn't have his progressive political commitments, but I think he would recognize that there's, uh, you know, especially post-COVID, um, yeah. you know, different, very different uh operative forces and he'd recognize the cynical adoption and appropriation of, of progressivism by by both corporations and absolutely the state. Yeah. indeed yeah and there is a there's a note humming through all of this pkd would call it the empire mm-hmm. uh or the black iron prison or the empire enforces the black iron prison and that note is the root note and then the agents of control play all this filigree Right. And counterpoints, right. and you've, right. there's a little flute over here, and you're distracted. And meanwhile, they're playing something mm-hmm. over here, and then you look over here, and you're, well, wait a minute, was it the was it the Christian evangelical right that was uh, controlling us? And wait, wait, now it's got a, the the right. other people are controlling us, and yeah. well, and, uh, and, and, yeah, and they always you... use sex, and they always use drugs, and they always use uh, uh, medical, the medical establishment, mm-hmm. uh, biopolitics. Yeah. 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 Well, and Kevin, the thing you were saying was like the whole paranoia about the evangelical right. I mean, a lot of that sort of bringing the evangelical right. I mean, the question is like, was the evangelical right controlling the country? Forget whether or not you want that to happen, say, for a second. (laughs) But were they or were they being catered to and manipulated by forces that knew that they would be useful right yeah yeah that's a good point. so burroughs i think is sort of seen past all of that in a certain certain way that like and to him it's it's like it, to him it's like the uh uh you know in like noir films uh like under the silver lake or whatever yeah you find, you find the yeah. conspiracy it's like <laughs> oh man this thing this thing goes all the way you keep uncovering the conspiracy it's like this thing goes all the way to the top for Burroughs, it's like it goes up like into physics and like into physics you know, and into like, demonology into itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> no, so I mean in, he's do- go on, go on. I was just saying. So in some ways, he's he's a little bit. He he's not. I, I don't want to say he transcends politics or something mm-hmm. like that. But there is a, there is a way in which I think at, at his best he actually sort of sees past past. Um, I think so too. Day to day politics, political. Absolutely. Style. I think at core yeah. he wasn't like he's he's no activist. You know, he right. again. I think his primary concern, which is yeah, we could we could diagnose it. We could say he was he was paranoid. Um, mm-hmm. but obviously he was creatively paranoid, right? Like as you guys talk about on this pod, he he um put his darkness, he put his neurosis into something very interesting. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, he his primary concern, I really do believe, is this concern with you know, being being controlled uh, by by external forces that he that he doesn't understand, mm-hmm. and in in and of itself, that is not directly political. It's you know, it's a basically psychological, uh, perhaps philosophical state, and and then it, it, it uh, you you know, Kevin, you said something, but that's like the root note, and then yeah, it, it sort of um, becomes politicized in different ways in his work. But now we can take that same mentality that Burroughs had, and we may politicize it. Um, very differently, but he's definitely, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit tired to say like this person's neither left nor right or anything right. like that, but, yeah. but I, I think there's a case to be made for that for Burroughs and one just kind of aesthetic note I wanted to make and also ties into a, a lot of, um, a lot of what he was trying to achieve with, uh, Re- revised Boy Scout man, a lot of the techniques he describes it, it's very, it's closely related to the origins of industrial music and a lot of you, uh, groups like Throbbing Gristle and Cabaret Voltaire actually described their early music as direct applications of Burroughs' ideas, um, usually uh, oh. citing the Electronic Revolution essay, which was the only one that was available. Revised Boy Scout Manual was this more nebulous kind of uh, unpublished thing at the time, but it's similar, similar, similar theme. Mm-hmm. And with those industrial musicians too, you kind of get this funny like th- there's um, there's definitely like sort of antifa element to industrial culture, but but also uh, you have people like Boyd Rice. Um, even even Genesis Peoria to an extent where they're also playing with uh, sort of fascistic aesthetics. Um, it's kind of this. I do think um, not in a tired like 
uh, oh, it doesn't really matter, man, way. But right. like, I, I do think they transcend the political spectrum. And they're kind of more, they're more interested in those root notes, d- dealing with uh, topics of control and freedom um, directly uh, and aesthetically, as opposed to, you know, yeah, right. Matter- and that, and that will never change. We will never escape the war for power on this mm-hmm. realm. I don't think it's yeah. possible. And I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I assume Burroughs would agree. I think yeah, so too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I, I wanted to read. I'm going to read. I have a couple little selections from this book called "The Job" that mm-hmm. I thought might be interesting. And I don't know if this is exactly the right time to put it in here, but it does make me think. Matt, listen, to you talk. I mean, the one thing I start thinking is like the reason that Burroughs is what what skews any attempts to pin him politically. I think is that he sort of doesn't. In a sense, he doesn't really have faith in people and human beings. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so he, he he doesn't have this like. It's interesting. Like he has this. Uh, he wants freedom from control, but I don't know that he thinks most people can have that. It's not a question of should. Mm-hmm. It's like most people probably aren't capable of that. So I'm going to just read this little section. Um, this this book's called The Job. It's just interviews with William S. Burroughs. Some of them have been edited to be a little bit more of like a narrative. But um, the interviewer asks him this question. Uh, How do you feel about human beings? And Burroughs says, quote, they have possibilities of development, but they aren't going to realize them unless they can get rid of the factors and the individuals who are suppressing them and deliberately keeping them right where they are. Not only suppressing them, but shoving them down further so they're getting stupider and stupider. Nothing basically wrong with the human beings themselves, but they certainly will have to take a very basic step in evolution. It's quite probable that at the real... So, sorry, just step aside. I think most people, when you start to read that, it's like, yeah, that's right. That's the government taking away your rights, right? But it's mm-hmm. not quite that. So as it goes on, it's quite probable that at the real beginning point of what we call modern man was speech. In the beginning was the word. I think the next step will have to be beyond the word. The word is now an outmoded artifact. Any life form that gets stuck with an outmoded built-in artifact is doomed to destruction. The dinosaurs survived because they were large and then they got larger and larger. And this ultimately, of course, led to their extinction. The present form of human being quite possibly results from words. And unless they get rid of this outmoded artifact, it will lead to their extinction. Hmm. Which is kind of a wild thing for a writer to say, right? On the face of it, like, yeah, the words are holding us back. The words are, I think it's some other place he sort of says something like, part of the reason you're stuck in time is because of language, right? If we somehow were able to move beyond the word, we would somehow expand into a separate dimension where we would, where we wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't be living in, in, in incremental linear time anymore. Um, yeah. That's where he gets that. So that's where yeah. he takes this stuff, right? It's like, it's not like, oh, yeah, well, if, you know, we had some pol- minor policy changes at the federal government level, then we would all be free. It's like, no, you are imprisoned by like, if only we'd elected the other guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My kid would have got into that college. <laughs> right. Right. I his, guess his complaints are his complaints are go uh, much more existential than mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm as Kevin said, I, I definitely, you know, I'm picking up what, what he's laying down. Uh, and it's, it's hard to it, it's it's such a it's it's a murky realm of inquiry, you know, what thinking of language as a virus and what humans would even look like beyond language but but it's clear that this is what puts him in line again we're going to talk about nick land in the after dark section mm-hmm. uh, and his writings on burroughs it's clear wh- where where this puts him in line with a certain um accelerationist uh mode of thought a certain maybe anarcho-primitivist realm of thought again which which leads us away um, from from matters of quotidian politics and left versus right very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, which is where we should be, uh, <laughs> y- you know, as artists most of the time. Right, uh, right. Yeah, and it's it's a it's an interesting vibe, and uh, it's it's obviously uh, very drug infused, and uh, yeah, yeah we we don't advocate drugs on this podcast mm-hmm. but we don't uh disavow either <laughs> and if anyone has ever had an experience of extreme paranoia during a session say uh burroughs had a unique genius um to transmute that into something that was somewhat cogent if not scientific 
right? Mm-hmm. Not even sure what that means anymore. Yeah. Uh, but which can communicate <laughs> right. maybe to people who've never taken uh, serious drugs what some of those states are like. Uh, I mean, maybe not speaking too personally, but there there were there were times where I in college where I was perhaps uh, experimenting a little bit and having extraordinary <laughs> paranoia, and it yeah. only occurred to me many years later that I was having insight into certain things <laughs> right, right but it was being filtered with this there was it was so immediate and so mm-hmm. visceral and i didn't have the language uh yeah. to, to <clears throat> sort of realize what i was what I, what i was experiencing but burroughs burroughs was a was an old sailor yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. uh he he went he went to sea and he came back and he he brought us some very tremendous insights yeah i was actually just gonna i was trying to find. Oh, looks like i wrote down the wrong page number apologies but i was gonna read something from the job that was exactly about what you were talking about but i think i think that is a part that you can't totally separate from from the burrows um and and a cynical perspective would be that would be to read what burrows put down would read his late masterpieces and would and would say yeah this guy clearly did too many drugs and he's fried his brain <laughs> i think you know i, I it's it, i don't even i don't even 100 percent disagree with that right no but there's this element either, where but. where people just because someone isn't in, in what we'd call a quote healthy state of mind doesn't mean they can't have unique insights related right. to their unhealthy state of mind so right. to speak right um right. This and is kind of an out there comparison, uh, which I don't even really like to make, but it, it's coming to mind and maybe it elucidates. I, I remember David Foster Wallace writing about mm-hmm. Infinite Jest, um, kind of talked about, you know, it's, which is essentially a book about drug addicts, mm-hmm. not necessarily Burroughs type drug addicts, but drug addicts nonetheless. He, he wrote something like uh, there's a profound loneliness in modern American life and people who are addicted to drugs um, maybe just have a, a more a more like clear experience of that mm. uh, or maybe experience it um you know more firsthand or maybe experienced it earlier or something and i think there's something to that it's not to say like uh not that there's value in in being a drug addict or in a frying your brain but sometimes just because you are more extreme in one direction or another or there's some other reason that you're paranoid obviously there's a zillion reasons why Burroughs is paranoid related to sexuality and drugs and but yeah. just because he has his issues doesn't mean that his issues are irrelevant to us normies. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, he he feels a certain paranoia more keenly because he has X, Y, and Z issues. But maybe he, maybe in in a certain context, you know, his picture is not reality on a door, and he has a very his his. Um, his perception of everything is very much colored by his experience. But nevertheless, the angle he has on it um has important insights for the rest of us as well has always been my take on this kind of thing yeah i think i think that's very true and like like let's say you know you were going to take him at his word about this being stuck in language and being stuck in time thing it's not like he's the first person to ever say this right Mm -hmm. i mean this is a i think there's been religious thinkers who've said similar kinds of things over time right i mean even you think about like um, uh, when you hear about the Tao, when they say, you know, those who speak about the Tao, that's not the real Tao, right? Right, right. yeah, well, that's in that that's tradition, being, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's being stuck in language, right? And so, you know, if these things are sort of imprisoning you to some extent, and they're that powerful that like you can't even see the bars of this prison cell, then how else are you going to see them except in some kind of altered state of consciousness, yeah, whether it's no, drugs or exactly. something else, yeah. right? I mean, it could be some meditation practice or whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but like, how else are you going to see it? Because apparently 6 billion people can't see it. So you're supposed to just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, so no, think, no, absolutely. Something like that. Go on. Yeah, sorry. yeah, no. So I just think that's, that's kind of partially how I see it. It's sort of like, you know, and it's obviously it's risky and there's no, you can't really, I wouldn't recommend anybody living the life that Burroughs lived, mm-hmm. but um, 
Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, Burroughs it, is one of those cases where in the <laughs> new boulderized reality that we have coming, uh, which is here already, uh, where you wonder if Roald Dahl had written about Burroughs, would he be wiped <laughs> out? I don't think he would because he he was firmly a man of the left and claimed mm. by the left. I think they'll keep his stuff on the shelves uh, at Barnes & Noble, despite the fact he murdered his wife. Yeah. yeah, the beat like, the beat reputation goes far. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so but thank God for it. Honestly, I, I think yeah. that Rose is kind of a more mainstream and, and sort of socially sanctioned example of how you can delve into some much more interesting topics that otherwise would be censored. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is one thing I wanted to read from the job before we we die, because I, I I am. I have this tricky relationship with Burroughs because I think he's got aspects of him as a per, as a human being that are despicable. I mm-hmm. found some of his work highly influential, and I f- I find a lot of his as me on me as a writer, and I find his ideas interesting enough that I spend time thinking about them. Yeah. Right? So was it the the wife murder or yes. the or the pederasty? Yes, or I don't was like that it, either. Uh, coming from money. <laughs> well, that's you know yeah. that wasn't his fault. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we draw the yeah. line at the wife murder and the pederasty. I don't like either. I, I don't like either of these. Disavow. Things yeah, okay, exactly. Good. I'm exactly. Just checking in. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. So I want to read something again from this job because this is something when I I was reading, flipping through this book again, I was like, yeah, I hate this. Okay. So yeah. they ask him, "You have said that the family is one of the principal obstacles to any real human progress. Why?" Burroughs says, quote, in the first place, it means that children are brought up by women. In the second place, it means that any sort of nonsense that the parents suffer from, any neuroses or confusion are immediately passed on to the helpless child. Everyone seems to consider that parents have every right to inflict on their children any sort of pernicious nonsense from which they themselves suffer and which was passed on to them in turn by their parents so that the whole human race is crippled in childhood. And this is done by the family. More than that, nations and countries are merely an extension of the family, and if any formula is really holding the world back, it's the formula of nations, countries, which I say is merely an extension of the biological family. Okay, well, let me find this other part. Um, there, the the questioner asks him, um, "What would uh, there have says?" The questioner says, "There have already been several attempts to eliminate the family, but they have not borne fruit. Why have they failed?" Um, Burroughs says, "Well, for one thing, they didn't go far enough." I imagine China may have come closer to it than any other country, though I haven't had an opportunity to see what's going on there. Russia pretended they were going to do it and then did nothing about it. The same old bourgeois family apparently exists in Russia as we have in the Western world. Of course, the people with vested interest in the family are women. Obviously, any attempt to attack the family has them frothing at the mouth. Um, and then he basically goes on to say, like, what would you replace it with? They, they ask him, what would you replace it with? And he basically says nothing. You don't have to replace it with anything. And I think... Well, I mean, I don't even know that I have to like say why I don't like about that right, necessarily. Yeah. Um, it does feel like he got his control, like he's obsessed with getting rid of control. And so he starts seeing it in everything, right? Definitely. That's a little bit of what I think is yeah. maybe going on there. It's like, oh, this is, you just don't have anything. You shouldn't be anything instead. You're like, I, I don't know. Like that's a, he had some interesting thoughts on women within that. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> there is a misogynistic angle to it. Oh, yeah. Too, though, yeah. Which is kind of intriguing. Yeah. Um, kind of. There, a, were t- there were times you know, in Burroughs, reading Burroughs' biography, where I was like, I'm not sure he likes men or if he just hates women. Yeah, like this whole yeah, homosexual yeah, yeah. thing, right? So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, no, I don't agree with Bros's take, and I see why you highlighted this as a as a bad one. But I'll, I'll say yeah. this: it, it is it is a rather intriguing portrait. Again, it's we're not really in the realm of quotidian, like oh, um, yeah. the family is bad because the patriarchy. I mean, that's kind of the right. anti-family argument you usually get. This is something that goes a lot deeper. This is tied deeply. I, again, I'm not trying to pay too much lip service. I don't agree with right. it. I disavow. Yeah. But nevertheless, it, it's a more, it's not just your stand. It's not even just, I mean, it's a little bit Marxist when he's talking about China and Russia and everything and the sort of Karl Marx um, getting yeah. rid of the division of labor. It's closer to that. But even, it, I think it even goes deeper than that. This isn't like a division of labor thing. He really, um, you know, he, and he, he, um, he waxes Freudian there talking about mm-hmm. the passing on of, of neurosis. I mean, it's, well, he's. I mean, the I, one thing is, he yeah. is right that neuroses do get passed. Down he is. I mean, it's, that's, I guess that's, that's what not I, wrong. I don't, I don't agree yeah. with his overall value judgment, but I, I don't think he's like off his rocker and and mm-hmm. what he describes as what 
can happen in certain bad situations. I don't know. One thing that I think you guys talked a little bit about in your core episode, and, and I don't know if there's a reference point to bring back to it now. I haven't actually thought about this, but obviously his own relationship with his parents is pretty bad, I assume. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not as bad as yeah. you'd think, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. obviously there's a, a little bit of, of that. Like he's probably talking about his own. I, I, specifically, I can't imagine this guy had a good relationship with his mother. Right. Um, right. And, you know, yeah. there, there's um, I don't know if his parents would qualify as abusive, but there's abusive parents out there. And you can see right. how in a bad situation with, in, in, a, in a certain psychology, uh, you know, again, he's gay and 19 born in 1914. You, you can imagine how one would look at their own family as this incredibly oppressive thing and 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 really you know he's he's as as we talked about he's in this like it's it's not merely political it is a spiritual war right with forces that are trying to control him and and frankly if you if that is your psychology it would make sense that that would start with the family yeah i just want to say this is not as far out an opinion as you might think and i think if you Mm -hmm. prick at the surface of american life utopianism is almost often almost indistinguishable from this idea of eradicating what we call the family Mm -hmm. much less Mm -hmm. the nuclear family probably even the extended clan in many cases right uh it's very difficult to imagine a utopia uh well maybe some of our friends uh, can do this but uh (laughs) you know you know it's it's hard to imagine i guess what you would call maybe a clannish utopia in the american style Mm-hmm. Uh, and this opinion, you know, and, and it's easy to think, well, we're not like that here in America. Well, what is the ritual of sending your children to college at 18 to go live mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. hive like dorm, uh, to go cheer for a, a rodent as a mascot? <laughs> no, go, <laughs> go gophers. gophers. I mean, go That's gophers. Let's just, <laughs> but it's a very, it's a very unusual. And and it's very, you know, you sort of leave your family behind, you mm-hmm. go, and it's all sort of rife with, as as Matt brought up, this sort of Freudian, okay, well, now, now you're going to go individuate, and now you're an adult, mm-hmm. and go fly, little birdie, and, and on and on. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah, so Burroughs, I mean, that's that's a that's a system at which Burroughs was going to try to poke a hole, because he's trying to, he's trying to get rid of all the systems, right? Right. Which is, yeah, that's the revised Boy Scout manuals, flip the table over, I don't care what's on it. It's like exactly yeah and, over. yeah and you know I, I would say i wouldn't even call this a hole in his thinking because i don't yeah. really analyze him as like a philosopher who has right. to have all the answers but yeah his his answer to what does it need to be replaced with well nothing i don't think that's remotely tenable um <laughs> no. <laughs> just <laughs> no, children no, I, think, into I think this is a terrible <laughs> idea i mean i think we yeah. need to enhance personally i think we need to enhance the nuclear family i think we need to have a different conception of what the family is mm-hmm. uh and i think we need clans i think we almost need like mafia style partnerships and returning to a kind of um uh, almost like a mid-century and i know the godfather is a larp but it, it wasn't you know it's not mm-hmm. that's not historical but we need to return to like loyalty uh localism mm-hmm. and and really like bartering and looking after each other and deep friendship friendships alliances uh and anything to to uh pull us out of this atomization yeah. we need to we need to have podcast rivalries right. over the rankings <laughs> in cyprus in cyprus yeah uh, yeah anything yeah. to uh lessen the the anomy of uh contemporary american life i hope we could pick up some i hope some of those those disgruntled npr employees start their own podcasts and uh, (laughs) and who who knows maybe they'll be on the charts in cyprus uh pretty soon what are we so i'm i'm really jazzed for this after dark so why don't we tease that a little more uh yeah wild yeah good yeah no we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about our work it's a it's a what is what is even is it? It's, it's it's this piece of writing um called the Lemurian Time War that features Burroughs as a character and presents itself as the document of a actual series of events in which Burroughs was involved in a time war. <laughs> um that's as succinct as I can as, as I can give it. Um very interesting stuff coming out of the CCRU Nick Land uh, Warwick uh, University of Warwick mm-hmm. territory. Um so I think it's going to be fun. I've got some little excerpts I want to read from it. We'll talk a little bit about more you know what's Lemur- what what does it mean to be what is all three of those things Lemurian 
What, is, what do we mean by that? What do we mean yeah. by time in this case? What do we mean by war in this case? What's Burroughs got to do with it? Um, and it's interesting because it isn't just one of these like, haha, Burroughs is a character in it. It's like really wrestling with what Burroughs ideas are. Right. So. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I think that'd be cool. I think people who are not familiar with it will will have a uh, mind. Your mind might not explode, but I think you'll have at least a little bubble up. Yeah. What is the CCRU is uh, what does it stand for again? Uh, what is it? The cybernetic. Uh, I always get it. I always get the C's backwards. Yeah. The cybernetic culture research unit. Research unit. So this was a uh, well, maybe we'll talk about it more in the in the in the after dark. I don't want to mm-hmm. anticipate it too much. Yeah, I did read this this piece on. Um, oh, good. That you so- sent uh, Brad. But what um, I, I was curious, like this is this was like a university. The, the CCRU was actually associated with like university yeah it, it was associated yeah. with um warwick university and then it sort of got disavowed by the university eventually i see because there's a nick land we're, project yeah, yeah we're gonna we'll talk, talk about we'll, okay. we'll talk about that too. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so. uh, just like the ghostbusters at columbia right yeah, yeah exactly yeah, similar exactly. vibes <laughs> you are a poor scientist <laughs> I'm uh, obviously uh, okay. this is very exciting stuff. We can't wait to dig into it for Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash art of dark pod. Brad, thank you for organizing this with for Matt. Sure. If you are an art of darkness listener and you haven't given new right a, a shot, please do. You owe it to yourself. Uh, I, I think of them as a sibling pod. I definitely. Do. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. just like siblings, sometimes we feel murderous rage toward one another. <laughs> And we want to break up the family, but we we yeah. never will. We never will. Yeah. yeah, no, it's we we get along like gangbusters. I really enjoyed coming on. I've been on a couple of times. Brad's been on. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. They get very interesting guests. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, are you and obviously are you working on a new novel? Or are you is there? Oh uh, yeah, um, it's not uh, so much. This may be the first time, and um, I don't remember what I've said publicly about this or not. But I, it, I have a completed draft of it now. It's not a novel. Um, it is. Uh, I, I, hopefully, there'll be another novel for me eventually but this is a collection uh it's called the black album <laughs> and it's a collection of um both essays much of which i've already written so as i am doing the thing that a lot of people in our sphere do which is packaging stuff they've written online as a book but mm-hmm. along with that there's about 100 pages of unreleased material which is fiction it's shorts it's a series of uh short stories of a kind of um more i wouldn't quite call it horror fiction but it's kind of like occult it's a little bit related to um stuff we've talked about with regard to burrows um so it's a little bit crowley tinged as well actually um <laughs> kevin's so legal, kevin's legally required to. to do that yeah, it's in the- <laughs> mr <laughs> crowley yes um yeah it's a, so yeah basically it's a, it's a collection of both essays and short stories uh packaged in one you know as one sort of uh you know, collection, so to speak. But the draft is out. Um, I'm kind of uh, figuring out how and when it will be released. But that's great. That's what I'm working on now. Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe that gets uh, uh, thrown into the book club next year. We will have a link to Matt's uh, bird website handle in the show notes Substack. at artofdarkpod.com. Yep. And you can find his Substack there. Also, uh, uh, Matt, you're doing stuff on TikTok now, too. Tell people yeah, about that. Yeah. Worse, um, yeah. I uh, well, this also ties into another thing I wanted to maybe just touch on briefly. Now, I don't know, I know, I don't know if we're like running over time You're before fine. the uh, yeah. Um, no, we are the masters of the universe here. We yeah. have no time limits. <laughs> we are in total control. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But another another kind of aspect of um, how we came into each other's orbit, uh, Brad specifically, uh, was, you know, I, I got your book House of Sleep. You sent it to me with a tarot card in it from the Hermetic deck. It was the, the Four of Pentacles. I still remember. And mm-hmm. we talked about this when you came on New Right last year. And uh, since that time, I've actually gotten quite into tarot myself and um what i'm doing on tiktok now as a as a little uh caveat i don't actually use like i'm not that uh averse in like how to how to use tiktok very well but so mm-hmm. at this point it's mostly just me posting i'm not like delving deep into like the the universe there but uh, but basically i'm just pulling a a, a tarot card every day on tiktok very it's cool. what i've begun to do um yeah. so that is kind of another element maybe a little bit related to to my next collection i'm just kind of Sussing out these new avenues in my uh, online presence, so to speak. But I did want to sure. highlight that that uh, that Brad has perhaps dubious honor in, in some people's minds uh, <laughs> of uh, having gotten me into to tarot uh, about a year ago, and yeah. now it's kind of developed a strange life of its own. 
Cool. If you Very are cool. a person who gets squeamish around tarot or judges people for that, I respect that. You are most welcome to, but we dig the tarot. Yeah. I do. Man. Yeah, I there's it. something to it. <laughs> it's um, a computer. With, it's a computer. Yeah. What's that? That's it. It's a computer. It's a com- yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. oh gosh, I mean, I feel like we do a whole nother podcast about how tarot relates or doesn't relate to the Burroughs cut-up technique and the whole question of if, you know, is is this related to a higher realm or is it just randomness of, you know, information at your fingertips and does it matter? Um, I think mm-hmm. we could maybe just bracket that as something that we probably could have talked, yeah. talked about a lot more. Yeah, but For sure. Yeah. Future Art of Darkness episodes. We yeah. will do one. I'm I'm yeah. certain yeah. we will. And you have to yeah. keep us uh, apprised of your progress with this new book, with the Black mm-hmm. Album. And we're going to come back. We're going to come yeah. back in uh, the- five, ten minutes, and we're going to do the After Dark for Patreon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good. Vegas. Yeah. Dragon Thank Vegas. you so much. New right. Get it. Get at it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, just real briefly go downstairs and uh, try to keep my, I, my being integrated. You should. Maybe a different Kevin will come up upstairs for the after <laughs> That's crazy. We have no idea what he wants. Uh, Matt, can, you said something. <laughs> I can barely handle this, Kevin. I don't need. Oh a yeah, right. One. Yeah. So can I? Matt, Matt said something interesting, something really funny. He was like, "Well, hopefully one day there will come no, another novel for me." Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> I heart knows about that. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. You're gonna make it.